What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your show reviews, concert photos, and so much more. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry on this late evening. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm kind of a night owl, so... uh you know, I'm. This is like my. Uh, this is like my afternoon. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, this is basically my Thursday night. Uh, as of when we're recording this, we're getting a head start on some shit. So uh, I'm actually going to New Orleans on Wednesday morning. My bathroom is pretty much all torn apart. Uh, they're re- redoing it, the floors, because they're they're terrible. Um, so it's it's just a good time to get the fuck out of my house uh, and out of the state for a little bit. Um, Ship Rock is apparently going on, so New Orleans is just gonna be crawling with bands and. All the people that sold out that ship, hoping to go hang out with some friends, drink way too much. You know, the things you do when you're in, you know, a place with a, something called Bourbon Street. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm going to be uh, also more or less annihilated uh, this weekend. Is that the band you're covering uh, this week for a discography discussion? Annihilator? No. No. Uh, although, you know, we, we might do an Annihilator episode. Or Infinite uh, Annihilator. Infinite Annihilator episode's probably not happening. Uh, but on top of all that, yeah, I'm, I'm actually having a, a late birthday celebration this week. So my wife and kids are going to be out of town uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they're not coming back until Monday. Um, so I'm going to go down to Discography Discussion Studios on Friday, have my birthday bash, and then we have a podcast on Saturday. So I guess I'll, I'll technically be in studio all weekend. So last week I talked to Mickey Avalon, and uh, you heard that already. Uh, during that, though, I was drinking the uh, Rochester Mills Blueberry Pancake Milkshake Stout. And holy fucking shit, was this thing delicious. However, I'm currently drinking the Peanut Butter Jelly Time Milkshake Stout. And I was really amped and looking forward to this beer, because obviously if you've been following our socials, Peanut butter, stouts, and porters have been my thing, and sadly, this is just, uh, it tastes like, so, yeah, I don't know, it's it's weird, because it's like, you know, in the description of it, it says, you know, with cocoa nibs, cocoa butter, and Concord grapes, and to me, it's like, that's chocolate, and that's kind of what right. this tastes like, is like, like great texture of, you know, peanut butter, but with like that chocolatey, like, shitty, you know, uh, like, baker's chocolate kind of a taste to it. Yeah, it's like the like the they call it semi sweet, but it really just tastes like uh like bitter coffee almost. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty big letdown. I like I said, you know, most of these beers I was very excited for. I was very, you know, anxious and and I'm kind of getting to the point where like I'm running out of like saving the ones I wanted uh for last and you know, I'm at this point now I'm drinking this one and I was just like, ah, oh, damn, that sucks. I I really was hoping that hoping to be way better, um, but maybe it's just the fact that, you know that I've uh, been spoiled with uh, all the peanut butter stouts and porters I had when I was out in Arizona. Pretty much every single one of those crushed. So um, yeah, you know can't win them all. Um, and I think out of a twelve pack, this is the first one that's just been kind of anti me. So I'll take those those odds for the the money I spent. So yeah, absolutely, I'd buy that for a dollar. So this episode's guest is AJ Channer, vocalist from Fire from the Gods. Um, as of when we recorded this, uh, it was a few months ago and actually was uh, about a 
day or so before the Five Finger Death Punch Bad Wolves Fire from the Gods tour was canceled due to, I believe it was Jason Hook having some kind of a an emergency like appendectomy or something like that. I did kind of enjoy the fact that the Bad Wolves guys were kind of fucking with him and getting it giving him shit right out the gate but um you know this is actually going to kickstart our sonic temple 2020 previews um you know last year we did a lot of stuff with some of the smaller bands quote unquote smaller bands that maybe you may not be aware of but you should be and i don't know how you haven't heard of fire from the gods at this point i mean the band is blowing up they're on all these great tours with five finger death punch with bad wolves and just continually are growing their brand so um was really great getting to talk to aj we didn't really talk anything about sonic temple but that's okay okay because what you are going to learn is how fucking cool these guys are and i love the shit that he gave basically the bad wolves guys right out the gate i mean i just thought that was funny that's why i left it in i'm getting a little tired of the cold man i want to get uh get to my summer festivals specifically a really warm one you know one that's as warm as a furnace yeah man i uh i'm starting to get a little jealous like you know people are starting to say maybe 18 visions is going to be on that uh, andrew wk just got added yeah that's right you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be the festival of the summer, man. It will be a festival of a summer. I don't know if it's the one. I mean, that Disturbed Tour just got announced. Isn't that the tour of the, the summer? I mean, not for me. But. Yeah, you don't want to get down with the sickness 20 years out? No, I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay, man. I, I had a lot of time to spend with the sickness, and uh, I think it's okay. I think I can, think I can let it go now. <laughs> I'm uh speaking you know speaking of bad wolves that was kind of interesting to see them get on that tour it's uh disturbed and stained which I was trying to think when down when the sickness came out was there a record that stained had just put out uh when was the sickness was it 2000 had to have been because I mean it's the 20th anniversary so and stains uh stains dysfunction was 99 I think yeah I think so 98 or 99 so yeah they would have but I you know I wonder how quickly how quickly did break the cycle come after uh after dysfunction, now it's going to bother me. Well, I think it was 2001, because I think it was right around either just pre or post 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because Break the Cycle, yeah, that was 2001. So yeah, it would have been, Dysfunction would have been the only stained album. Out. Well, I mean, obviously Tormented was floating around there somewhere, but um, you know, Dysfunction would have been in close proximity to uh, The Sickness. So I'm, hopefully we can expect a bunch of dysfunction and a bunch of the sickness. I would <laughs> people may shit on it all, all you want, but I definitely would uh, really enjoy a dysfunction anniversary tour. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, really depressing, uh, <laughs> but uh, it would be good. I'd love to hear him get down with some of those heavy songs again, like raw. Dude, I mean, when I went and saw them a handful of years ago, pro- shit, probably. God damn, that tour was 2012. Um, so We're almost 10 years ago. <laughs> and coincidentally, the tour that, that was I had seen before that was 10 years before that in 2002. So um, basically seeing Stained uh, this last time uh, with Godsmack on the, in 2012 after they had just released that uh, what is it, self-titled record. And it was a lot of like, I think they came out and played Raw or Spleen or something like that. And I was like, holy shit. And it reminded me of seeing them open for Corn on that Sick and Twisted tour. And Dysfunction was all they had. And right. it was a lot of songs. Like, it was like all the aggressive shit, basically. And I think it was, it's been a while and outside were kind of the only ballads they played the whole time and kept it pretty, pretty lean and raw. And I was like, you know, a lot of people can talk shit all they want, but if they come out with songs like this and a set like this, I, I think, uh, I think it would bring back older fans pretty quickly. 
Does Aaron Lewis still have those like shred screams that he used to do back on Dysfunction? You mean like when he just cups the mic? Well, of course. <laughs> That's how you get all your extra brutal screams. You cup the mic. Every single time. No matter what Joe tells me, I don't care. I, I still continuously cup the mic. Yeah, you know. Even when I'm podcasting. I mean, it's weird. People are like, hey, you sound just like this. I don't understand why, you, why you'd want to sound like that. But, you know, it, it works for me. When you buy the soundboard, it sounds better. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, speaking of sounding better, I know we haven't really talked too much about AJ from Fire from the Gods, but let's get into my conversation with AJ, and we will talk to you guys afterwards. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. Are you off the I'm sitting at the table with a couple of guys in Bad Wolves. John's giving me shit for taking this interview right now. Oh, is that interview? <laughs> yeah, it's an interview. Oh, and then head outside for the game. Martini, get you all set. <laughs> what the fuck is Martini, dude? <laughs> I'm going. Hey, it's cold outside. We're in Minnesota. That's where I'm going to go outside. I'm going outside. Fuck it. I'm going outside. I'm a beast. I can do this. Fuck that. Fucking bad wolves. We'll play fucking zombie tricks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tricks. <laughs> oh shit. No, I love those dudes, man. I do. I do love those guys. All right, John, haul at me, brother. Well, I'll uh, I'll get started because uh, I know it's cold because I live not too far away. Oh yeah, I'm in, from Minnesota. No, I live in Michigan, but I mean you're not too far away, so. Oh okay, word. Still, yeah, yeah, lake effect yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. So. Alright, <clears throat> had the pleasure of talking to AJ of Fire from the Gods. Their latest album, American Sun, is out now via 11.7 Records. Uh, other than a p- potentially dealing with the elements right now, uh, and your uh, tour mates <laughs> and Bad Wolves giving you some shit for doing this, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you guys doing? I know. I'm sitting at the table with the dudes from Bad Wolves, and they're giving me shit for taking an interview. You know what? Uh, Fuck that. You know, I'm going to go <laughs> on. Outback. I Yeah, I... Uh, when we were at Sonic Temple this year, uh, I was while I was talking to Chris, um, fucking Tommy mm-hmm. broke a chair. So tell that uh, that Toby bastard that you you at least can sit down and do interviews and not have to worry about breaking furniture. That's funny. Yeah, Tommy's heavy as shit, man. He's getting big, bro. He's getting real big, like <laughs> like that big, you know. He's getting it's zombie good to see big. Him healthy like that, though. Yeah, it's good to see him healthy. But yeah, man. So American Sun is out. Uh, the secret cat's out of the bag. This is our second record, and you know we've really tried. We really fought really hard to get this thing done, and to get it over the line, because there was a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of dark area there, and and some dark days where we didn't really know where we were going to go. You know, if we were going to stay with Rise Records, and you know, if, uh, if we were going to do the record out and put it out on Rise, or if we were going to do a record with uh, a new label. We, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of cloudiness, but but all parties involved, including Rise Records, Eleven Seven, uh, Zoltan Bassery stepping in, and Tenth Street, we all got it done, and um, I think everyone is really happy about what's going on now. You know, something, and 
this is I'll, I'll cut out part of it later on. Um, but I was talking to Tom from the Acacia Stream. We did a, an episode the other day, or a couple, about a month ago, and basically some of the information contained within is about a record or two records at this point that are one was supposed to be out and the announcement was supposed to be made about another one, and basically um, we're. As he was texting me yesterday, he's like, dude, there's like so much label shit going on right now. We don't know when the fuck this record's coming out, so on and so forth. And, you know, I've been doing a couple other interviews and people have kind of been talking about just that kind of same process. So I do kind of wonder with this record having just come out basically at the very tail end of quarter four, we'll call it, of the of the year. Right. Was there a little bit of like worry that like oh fuck like no one's gonna want us to put out this record this late in the year they're probably gonna make us wait until the beginning of next year and kind of hit 2020 real strong was there any i don't want to say fear but just kind of any worry that maybe this was going to get pushed to the back burner just because of how late in the year it was potentially coming out no no not at all um we we didn't have a deal done until uh we didn't get a deal done until early to mid 2019. So the, the record wasn't written and we were sitting on it. We just needed a deal. And once we got the deal done, then we went ahead and started recording another record. It's uh, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people don't think about that and how either sometimes right. you can be real stoked on a record because like, Oh man, we we like you're saying in this situation, like man, we 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 finally got to do it, and it's good to get it out, and it's fresh and relevant, and you're able to kind of hit that nice stride of recording, getting it done. It comes out, you're touring behind it, and it's all still fresh and exciting for you. Versus like seven months ago, you did this record, and now it's finally out for everybody yeah, else, exactly. and you're like, dude, I'm over this record already. <laughs> one, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that did kind of happen with American Sun, but you know, we're just a stoked bunch of guys. And we're super happy to like be here and be playing rock shows and touring and all that shit because this is everything we've ever wanted to do. So we still listen to our music like, damn, that's a good song. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not from an egotistical standpoint. Like, we, we, we'll be on the bus and we're just like jamming the record like, ooh, like, damn, did you hear that? Like, I forgot I did that. that type <laughs> shit, you know? So we're stoked about it, man. We don't really get caught of our music. Now, stuff on narrative, maybe I'm sick of playing that, but... Nah. <laughs> um, you know, a lot has been kind of made about you guys being one of the at the forefront kind of of this. It's funny to say this, but sort of the, the new metal resurgence of sorts, you know, a lot was right. made of that being a scene back in the day. Then it was kind of a dirty word. Now there's a handful of bands kind of like yourselves kind of bringing it back. And mm-hmm. I did kind of want to know was, you know, going back before this record, actually, what was like working with Jonathan Davis like? You know, that seems like someone oh, who man. obviously has endured decades, genre changes, and so much that I feel like being mm-hmm. able to work, especially as a vocalist, being able to work with someone like that, there's got to be a lot that he probably was able to teach you as a vocalist, as a lyricist, and just about being in a band and, and staying, you know, true to yourselves throughout all of the trends. Man. 100%, dude. We had a blast. We spent about four days with the guy and. He would just stay up with us, you know, while we're jamming and stuff or, or getting something done. And we were trying to get three songs done, but we only got two done and because we didn't have a lot of time. But um, JD would just sit up with us for hours and just talk about the business and talk about, you know, stories and some things I'm never going to repeat, you know, that I heard. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, but the whole, the whole time it was like... <clears throat> It was so smooth, man, and 
excuse me. And me as a as he has said as a vocalist man, like there's one point where he stuck my and engineer said engineer was this guy called Bud who was a legend. He he had just come off working with Incubus and he was on his way to work with Metallica and Rise Against. Like this guy was a beast and John brought this guy in to help us. And um uh he's setting up the mic and he starts testing the mic to test levels. And he starts going off like, hey, hey, you know, just testing the mic. And everybody's like, bro, that's the corn box, bro. That's the corn vocals, bro. Like, losing it, bro. We're in the other room just like, oh, my God. You know, because it's just like beast voice, man. It's like LJ is the same way. Like, when I, I did a little feature on stage with him during the tour, and uh, when we were on tour with Seven Dust, and he's sound-checking. And there's just so much power behind this guy's vocals. And I'm just like, damn, dude. You know, and I've been doing it for a while, but these guys, their chords are just so insane. So he, you know, he didn't really change any of the lyrics or anything. Or he, didn't, he was just like, man, put a little bit more passion here or think about this here and do that, you know, and just kind of coaching a little bit. And, and you know, from that, I took a lot out of that and being a corn fan like it, it was it was sick man it was really fucking sick dude we hung out with his family with his kids and stuff and he was super chill with us it, it was cool you know it's it's interesting i think you're one of the first handful of artists and bands that i've heard of him really working with in a production kind of standpoint yeah. And, you know, obviously going back to the first couple of Corn records, them working with Ross Robinson, seeing what Ross was able to pull out of them, and especially Jonathan, especially on those like home videos and so forth. It does kind of make me wonder at times, like just working with working with a vocalist as a producer as well, from your perspective, do you feel it's a little bit easier to work with them on doing your vocal takes and so forth because they know and have a better understanding of what they want from you and articulating it better? Yeah. Or is it a little bit more intimidating because you're like, ah, oh, fuck, like, like <laughs> this person expects greatness because they are great and they know how to like... Of course. One, uh, one night we were recording and, um, you know, I kept pushing and pushing and I wasn't trying to push to like impress him or anything. I was just pushing because I wanted to get the takes out. And, you know, he could hear it. He was like, all right, man, you're done. You got to just give it a rest. Go get some sleep. You know, and and that, like, he noticed there, you know, he knew what the breaking point was. And a lot of producers don't because they don't know your body. You know, and they're like, they'll keep pushing you. and They'll keep pushing you until you, like, you, 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 you hurt yourself sometimes, you know. And sometimes they want you to stop them. But you're like, I want to get the takeout, so let me keep trying, and I know I can find that sweet spot again to get it done. But uh, he was like, nah, bro, stop right there. And I thought, I was like, I can keep going. He's like, no, 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 you're done. I was like, all right, you're right. You know, it was, it was awesome, man. And Eric Ron, who worked with us on American Sun, um, he's a singer as well. Like, he's got a really great voice. So he was like, um, <clears throat> he was like, man, don't worry about it. All those, those insecurities you might have. He's like, don't worry, brother. He's like, I got you. I got you, man. He's like, I can help you with that. And uh, he really did, man. And then he, he really brought something really special out of me um, and out of the, you know, the, the band and the music, man. We're really super stoked. And as a reference back to what you said about Nima and stuff like that, first of all, I'll tell you this. Jonathan Davis does not consider Korn to be a metal band or a rock band for that matter. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of, it's like a Lenny thing. 
you know, like <laughs> I'm not a metal band, I'm a rock band, you know, like that kind of thing. And so we, taken from that, we never said we wanted to, we never tried to be metal band or, or take the vibes. We just took what we what we grew up with and, and then put it to put pen to paper. And I think that's what makes Fire From The God such a unique band because it's not forced. It's not, we don't, we're not looking to fit into a genre. We're not, we're not telling ourselves like this song has to sound like this and that song has to sound like that. And, you know, we're, we're not trying to replicate something that was done and, you know, uh, do it again. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel either. Um, what I, what, you know, a narrative, we have like metalcore songs, you know, and we have songs that sound a little bit like Killswitch because we like that, you know, and, and with uh, American Sun, we just wanted to write a groovier record, you know, we wanted to put some more groove into it. And maybe that's very indicative of new metal, you know, that's probably one of the, one of the, the content in new metal top it's derived from from a, a different sound than just traditional metal. But, um, you know, we, we, and again, we didn't want to be some, you know, some people have this idea that uh, in order for hip-hop and rock to sound good, it has to be some sort of derivative of Rage Against the Machine, or it has to have those kind of vibes, because that was, I guess, the pinnacle of the best-sounding hip-hop and, and rock uh, collaboration as a band ever. So we didn't want to do that either. We didn't want to say, well, let's try and be another Rage Against the Machine or something like that. And, you know, people are starting to get that. And, and that's, what I'm, that's one of the, the biggest takes and takeaways from this record, and that people are really starting to see who we are and, and they're starting to develop a relationship with our music. And, and it's really uh, it's, it's a dynamite thing to see and to, to be a part of. You know, it's kind of funny because something I've I've said a lot on this this podcast over the couple of years of doing this is, you know, new metal to me, while usually a derogatory term or referenced really to kind of represent rap rock or whatever, I always kind of looked at it, mm -hmm. it was like because I'm in my mid thirties, so like I kind of was in that sweet spot when that first was coming out that I was like, oh hell yeah, yeah, me too, brother, of course. So to me, I've always been like, you know, people sit there and may throw new metal on a tag on you guys, and to me, as soon as I hear that, I'm thinking like, well, new metal was so far reaching. You had any thing from like a Static X that was industrial and metal to yep. you know bands yep. that incorporated hip hop elements. Uh, you know, it encompassed so much. So to me, when someone goes, oh, I think they're kind of a, a new metal research band i go cool so there's going to be a wide array of flavors that they're bringing then because to me that's why i love new metal because it wasn't any one thing it was everything and that exactly i think that's kind of a, a term where a lot of people like i said still kind of view it as being somewhat negative and i almost would be like nah motherfucker it's a badge of honor like call me new metal because that means i'm everything and that means i'm dope so like exactly fuck it. <laughs> exactly like i never you know i Man, I was like a new metal kid, but I also was listening to hardcore at the same time, and so I still had punk, uh, like I still had uh, like like punk vibes, and I still loved punk rock, and I loved uh, pop punk and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't, you know, I think like us, like in, in our mid thirties, you you would see the kid with a backpack, and he'd have a false spring uh, patch, he'd have a split knot patch, or a corn patch, or a Deftones patch, but then there'd be like true fighters in there, you know, and, and it was like, we, we, like you said, we hit that sweet spot where everything was, was happening and everything was 
it was a kind of a hodgepodge of rock and you know when hay rock in new york city was still around that, that was a really good time and i and i kind of feel we're almost there again with the, the way people are turning up for rock shows and the numbers that these festivals are doing and the way hip-hop and and it is influenced by metal instead of metal being hip-hop by 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 uh instead of metal being uh influenced by hip-hop metal is influencing hip-hop you know and and you know, it's a, it, it's super cool, man. And so many different artists are, are popping up that are influenced and they're using kind of these pop-punk melodies with, like, metal hooks, but it's over-rap music. It's pretty sick, man. And, and I think we're almost there. Again, you know, the, the glory days, so to speak, in the 90s and 2000s, you know, we, we're, we're, we're just with a, a big explosion of good music and good people do, making good music. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. You know, initially when we were scheduled to do this, we've kind of had to reschedule this a few times. Um, but I, it was interesting in the fact that, you know, I was kind of focusing more on the lyrics and more on kind of the narrative that you were spinning on this latest record. Mm-hmm. And in the the day leading up to when we were supposed to initially do this, I ended up watching that show on AMC, uh, Songs That Shook America. Have you seen that or heard about it? Oh, I've heard about it, yes. Okay, so the first two episodes are over Jesus Walks by Kanye and All Right by uh, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. two two songs that I think mm-hmm. are fucking masterpieces. But the interesting thing to me is, you know, both of those songs kind of talk about subjects that are deemed to kind of be, uh, you know, deemed to kind of kill careers because, you know, Jesus Walks, you know, even in the right. in the song itself, Kanye talks about, like, they say I can't rap about Jesus, it'll kill my album sales, so blah, 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 like, you know, but maybe if I put out the song, it'll allow me to have my sins forgiven and so forth and you know Kendrick's song right, right, right. ended up kind of being a protest anthem during like Ferguson and so forth and you know I mm-hmm, kind of was like mm-hmm. looking at those and just kind of the importance of these songs and just kind of thinking about like you know American Sons and, and thinking about what you you've been talking about on your actually all your music but just do you do you ever kind of feel like maybe that rock is getting back to that platform of being protest music and that maybe you're kind of at the forefront of, of that and kind of going back to something as monumental as like War Pigs by Sabbath or, or even Rage Against the Machine, yeah. I guess? You know, I would like to think that, but again, I don't, we're not, I'm not looking to make a specific statement with my music. I am saying something and I am talking about my story and our story, but I want people to think more about themselves and look, look at themselves before they look at the world uh, uh, out there. You know, instead of making a statement saying like Jesus walks, I'm talking about Jesus or, or, um, you know, uh, K box track, you know, or uh, Kendrick songs, you know what I'm saying? Like these, they are protest anthems. They are making a statement. They are, polarizing in some sort of, of fashion. And instead of polarizing people, I want to unite people. And I want people to be to think about a better me can make a better us and therefore make a better world. So instead of thinking like, I got to choose a side here and I got to stand for something. Yes, yeah, stand for yourself. Because when you stand for yourself, then you can stand for all of us. And then we, we can start to see a brighter day, a newer day. Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to say one thing and motherfuckers going to have to deal with it, you know, like kind of where, where and, and I big up and support that. And I support Rage Against the Machine and, and because I was a massive Rage fan. But I understand what 
and there's enough polarization in our times that there doesn't need to be a protest. And if we, we are going to make a protest at them, protest the fact that we need each other, that I have to stand tall and be a better person so that the, the around me can change. And once the people around me change, therefore the world around me is going to change. And that's what Fire from the Gods is doing. That's the fire. That's the spark that will, that will, that will change the world. Revolution through peace. Revolution through unity, revolution through thought of mind instead of the violence, instead of, hey, stand for what I say or you're wrong. You know, that's why we kind of changed up the vibe from unite or die to in us we trust. The theme of this record is in us we trust. So you have to start with yourself because if you can't, there was no one without the we. You know, we can't be one if we don't understand what, who we are. You know, you feel me on that, bro? I do. And like I said, it was kind of serendipitous timing of just like initially, like I was kind of listening to your record. I was preparing for a few other uh, interviews I was leading up to. And then I just kind of got ensconced kind of in just a lot of hip hop stuff. Because like I I initially grew up out on the East Coast, like in the the early 90s, I moved out here in the Midwest in the mid 90s. And it's just, you know, as I've gotten older and kind of thought about how how different we all are. Like, you know, I just went to New York this past weekend and there were things about being right. back east that I was like, oh, fuck, I feel like I'm home. Like, there's just, I yeah, don't know. Oh, like, yeah. So oh, yeah. it was one of those things, like, in leading up to that and, like, kind of getting back into hip-hop and, and kind of getting these background stories on these songs and these albums that I've loved for so long. Mm-hmm. And just kind of this... Hip-hop is back, too, bro. Yeah, no. And hip-hop is back, you know, for sure. And, you know, like... For at, sure, bro. You know, I actually was thinking as you were talking about, you know, the fact of, you know metal and rock kind of influencing hip-hop i was thinking you know about juice world because like that dude was really riding for for a lot of metal and hardcore yeah. bands and you know post malone obviously a lot of people give him shit but i mean there's videos of that dude singing biohazard songs and shit like that and it's like oh yeah oh yeah dude scarlord from england man hardcore shit you know and he and he's screaming on his tracks you know it's like straight up you know but he this guy he was like i've been listening to you since since the Rise Records, since Excuse Me. And I was like, bro, you got to be out of your mind. He was like, yeah, and I was like, I love you, dude. I was like, that's sick, man. And I know Posty is a hardcore kid, man. Like, everyone knows Jesus piece. He hangs out with Atella, you know. He's, he's a metalcore kid. And he does really good at what he does. And you can hear it through his music. I think the thing that's interesting about it, though, and just kind of thinking about everything is, you know, we live in this world now where everyone's so, if, you, if you're not into something, you block it, it's out of your view, you, you've kind of conditioned yourself to live whatever narrative that you want to put on life, and that's not really how things are, that right. sometimes the, the beautiful things that end up happening are because of the hybrid, de, hybrid design, that's not even a fucking word, I don't even know why I'm trying to say it, but yeah, basically, I get you, I get you, but basically yeah, trying the collaboration, to, yeah, the collaboration of it. Of everything is 100%. what creates new things, new ideas, and it's how we start learning and, and listening kind of to your 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 newest record. I just kind of kept thinking about how, like, you know, all these things are kind of coming together, and it's like, you know, obviously, like, what little bit of digging I did up on, on your past and your, you know, lineage of growing up, obviously you're bringing a different flavor than, you know, some other people have because of how you grew up and it's coming out in this new record. And I just kind of dig it because it's like, it just reminds me of being excited about something because music had something to fucking say and it also had, made yeah, you, it just made you feel. Yeah, so to me, it's like, I, I'm yeah, just kind of excited to, to see people making music that means something not only to them, but hopefully to the, those that will listen to it and maybe inspire another set of people to, to start playing and start doing the same thing. Um, 
you know, kind of speaking to the album as well, since I know I got you for a couple more minutes, what's one of the songs off this new record that you've been playing or that people have been coming up to you saying like, man, I really fucking like this song that's kind of shocked you? Because I know there's always that one song where someone's like, ah, you know, I just wasn't necessarily feeling this one. And sometimes that'll be the one that everyone comes up going like, yo, dude, that one track. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone really did right now. You know, and that's what the singles on the radio is trending all over the world. Like, everyone loves it. But um, someone came up to me and after the show, and we don't play this song live, and they, this woman, older woman, she comes up to me and she goes, I love your song, Trust. And I was like, wow, I love that song too. That's what's up. Like, she really listened to the record. That, that was a testament that she really listened. And that's a song that does make you think. And, it, you, you know, it, it, you, have to listen, you have to listen to the record to know that that's what's up. And if you like that song, then you really know what's up. You know what I'm saying? You really know what Fire from the Gods is really about and what we're really, what we're really trying to say. So that, that was very, I was very impressed by that. And um, live, I think my favorite song that we're playing live right now is uh, uh, Fight the World. And people seem to respond really well. You know, you see people prove to it. You know, something kind of I was thinking of as I was driving home and listening to, to Doc's podcast, and he was, you know, the episode he just put out was talking about being on the road. You guys are kind of at the, I think at the middle point kind of of this tour and or the almost the end at this point. And I was kind of thinking about, you know, obviously you, both bands are kind of managed by, by uh, Zoltan and, you know, a lot of the mm-hmm. uh, wisdom that he's able to kind of bestow to both of you guys and help you succeed and set you up for successes. And it kind of made me wonder, just going out on the road with them, you know, they're obviously a little bit further along, have a little bit more success, but are you guys, like, obviously mm-hmm. you were just hanging out with them, but, like, are you gleaming anything from those dudes? Because, I mean, collectively, those guys have a shitload of touring experiences and so forth. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, John. No, you're I'm good. sorry. These lads are leaving. But, um, we are... <coughs> sorry, could you rephrase that? Uh, yeah, I was just basically saying, you know, with you being out with, with basically Zoltan and Five Finger and having Bad Wolves out, are you, is it kind of interesting to be with Bad Wolves because they're kind of, the trajectory is just a couple, maybe, I'll say maybe a year ahead of like where you guys are starting at now. Are you able to kind of be like, oh, you know, like comparing like where they're at and kind of being like, yo, so Zoltan kind of laid this plan out for us and it's kind of similar to what he did with you. Or is there anything maybe that you would say like, you know, if you could tell your younger selves in this beginning of this process, what kind of information would you give your guys, yourselves or to us? Is it oh, kind of like an a, a, a interesting position to be in to kind of, like I said, have a band that has the same manager, kind of is a little bit further along with, you know, the process with that 100%. person? 100%. And 100%. And like my, uh, my buddy in that band, John Bachman, you know, we hung out one day, had some beers, and he was like, dude, don't... Uh, don't ever compare yourself to what we're like. These guys know what's up. And actually, before I signed, before I signed on and we actually signed the deal, we were talking with Zoltan. Uh, we were, Fire was on tour with In Flames. We had supported them on a few of their dates by themselves here in the States. And um, uh, I, asked, I asked Doc, I said, yeah, what's the real deal, fam? So I've known Doc for a while, and I've been a fan of his for years. He was a godfather, and 
you know, he worked in New York City and I hung, we used to hang out and go to the same shows and stuff. So I've always looked up to Doc in this business. And uh, I asked him, I said, what's the deal, bro? What, what's it really like working with uh, with, with, with Fenstreet and Zoltan and, and, and all of this? What, what's it really like? He's like, dude, he's like, the minute we, the minute we shut up and started listening, the minute everything started working. I definitely do. And uh, it took a while before we got on the line, but I was kind of sold because I trust Doc. So I was, I was, I was really sold at that point. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. And lo and behold, we're, we're playing arenas with fucking five fingers. So, and we've got a song on the radio that's, 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 that's trending. You know, I, I was able to play a hometown in an arena right down the street from where I used to live. Uh, a song, you know, a song, uh, I just listened to FM99 in Norfolk, Virginia when I lived there. And the radio station, uh, FM99, used to play all the hits, everyone. And I used to sit there and listen with my buddy Cliff, who was the drummer in my band, one of my first ever bands. And we'd listen to it, you know, and it's always like, damn, you know, I love song. And boom, right now it starts trending. And Jackie sends an email, or the label sends an email uh, about the updated radio and the updated places where you can hear uh, where the updated stations that are playing right now. And I saw WNLR, Virginia. And I was like, wait, WNLR? That's fucking FM 99. So I go online. And I, I Google it, and lo and behold, it pops up FM99. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, like, my fucking song is playing on the radio station that I used to listen to as a kid. It's fucking, it's bananas. And the plan seems to work with these guys. And Zoe, Zoe knows what he's doing. And bad rules are super important for the genre right now. And I think that we coming up under them and, and coming up under the same tutelage I think we're we're onto something. You know, I think they're onto something. It's kind of like what Roman did, man. For, for like the menus, man. But Nickelback, Slipknot, Typo Negative, Soulfly, El Nino, you know, Chimera. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that Eleven Seven is on that path right now. Uh, better Noise, as the is not known. I think that we're set to uh, to kind of recreate that, man. And you got we got Hyro on the label now too, and Hyro's a big voice. Hyro's a hell of an MC, you know. And and, and then that's that's Islander, the homies I think is still working. And on, I don't know where that where that is along, but um, it, it's something special, man. And I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, last question I have for you, and, and it's, you know something I kind of posed to Tommy Victor uh, a prong the other day, and it was. You know, Josta, Jamie Josta of Hatebreed is one that on his show always talks about basically, you know, <laughs> collaborations and, and stuff like that. And it's something that, you know, I've been wondering is, will we ever see in the rock and metal world more collaborations between artists like we do in the pop and, and hip hop world, where basically it kind I'd of, you see it benefiting everybody that does it. I mean, like Drake's on a fucking million songs. Like everyone's on a million songs because it helps boost their presence and, and keeps them in the limelight. And if it's a hot track, then I mean, how can it not do your career any good? 
But I just always am like, why don't the rock and metal people do it anymore? And so I know, like, you had Sonny from POD on. You talk about Hyro, who's done a couple of remixes with a handful of people. And there's a couple of people who are kind of doing it, but I'm just kind of like, it seems like you got you specifically and or Fire from the Gods would be poised to really, in, like, do that and do it really well and kind of be one of those bands that kind of embraces that. Bro, you're, you're speaking my language, man. I'm, I'm pushed, man, to do collaborations with, like, Hyrule. You know, so we're all working. It's all in the mix, man. You know, Ivan has asked me about doing some stuff. You know, uh, Tommy and I were talking about doing a little collab, like, you know, maybe a cover or something. It, it's there's a lot of communication happening there and I think us as the next generation of fans we're going to have to do that because I mean Slayer's done you know I don't know when Linkin Park's coming back um, Slipknot's put out some good shit Korn's latest was, uh, was incredible but um, you know as I tell every radio station I'm like how many how many times can you listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit or Sweater Song you're going to need some <laughs> new rock on the radio yeah. You feel me? Yeah. You gotta need something heavy hitting to cut through the noise and, and, and show you know, show the genre some love, you know what I'm saying? But uh Breaking Ben is still doing Ember was a fantastic record. You know, for you know, whatever. I don't you know, think what you think of or what you wanna think about Ben, but the guy puts out great music. Seven Dust is still out there hitting, you know, so some of the OGs are doing it, but the young guys, you know, we need to get together and, and start doing like what the pop singers are doing, what the, what the rappers are doing, man. You know, with, um, with Jason from, from 333, man. I've been trying to get in touch with Jason for a minute to do something, and I know he's been he's been somewhat interested, I think, from what I've heard. So, um, you know, I, I want to I do a lot of that, man. A lot of that, dude. Let's take this to another, another level, man. Let's bring heavy music and music in general, you know, free-thinking music. None of this, none of this stuff that's this mind-droning mind drawing brain cell killing shit, you know, real shit out there, man. That's, 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 you know, guys like yourself that are, that, are, that are the medium to give us this way to talk about our music outside of just, we all got to stick together and we all got to be a part of this thing, you know? You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just one of those, like I said, like, thinking about, uh, you know, seeing that Kanye and the, the, uh, K dot thing and just seeing like all the different people like I didn't realize Pharrell basically wrote uh the beat and all that kind of stuff and even had the hook for all right I honestly didn't pay attention to that so oh, I was yeah. kind of surprised that's, that that was so, him. This don't be all right. That's straight up Pharrell, you know. This don't be all right. Yeah, that's that's straight up Pharrell, man. But I mean, because I'm I'm used to like when I think of Pharrell and I think really think of Pharrell. I mean, I'm kind of thinking NERD. I'm really thinking clips like that Lord Willen record was just like him letting to just do whatever the fuck uh, the Neptunes wanted to do and just being like, yo, we're gonna create some crazy shit and let let uh introduce you guys to uh, one of the best rappers ever in Pusher T. So that's the man. That's the man. <laughs> well, my dude, um, I gotta get going, man. Yep. I, I'm, I'm in, I'm freezing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where can people find you yeah. online and/or the band online? Brother, we're everywhere. I call it the FBI: Facebook and Instagram. You know, Apple Music, everywhere. Every medium where music is played, you'd probably find us. You know, and and go out there, share the music, and if you like it, 
you know what I'm saying? Tell your friend about it because we're out here fighting a fight and we want everyone to uh we want everyone to hear the message, man, and to, to be a part of this movement that we're that we're trying to start. Awesome. Well thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your tour, safe of travels course, and uh hopefully we'll see you back thank in, the, you, in the Michigan area sooner or later. Yeah, brother, if we're if we're ever out, man, please get in touch with management. We'll get you on the list. You know, I, I love a phone call and a phone but I like to shake hands with people too, man. So if you ever want to come out and hang out, please do. All right? I will do. Enjoy the rest of your evening. So that was my conversation with AJ from Fire from the Gods. Had a lot of fun talking to him, kind of loose. Uh, definitely kind of fun getting to talk to uh, to people sometimes, you know, about, you know, at that point I had, like I said, just got, got done watching uh, a handful of the episodes of the uh, Songs That Shook America docuseries on AMC. Uh, obviously, love him or hate him. Uh, a lot of people love to give me shit for my love of Kanye West. So, I mean, you're going to start off that series with Jesus Walks and... I'm going to watch it, and then you follow it up with Kendrick Lamar, and I'm going to watch that. So uh, it was kind of cool, you know, just talking about some of the, the different influences uh, AJ has kind of had and just kind of the versatility of Fire from the Gods. You know, I know there's a lot being said right now about, you know, this new metal resurgence and, you know, a handful of bands that people are kind of picking or the media are picking as kind of the, the darlings of this this new era of it. Um, and, you know, and it's been said quite a bit, on this show, I know from discography discussion, Roach Coach, Toomey's show even, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I think uh, a lot of us still look back fondly on that era of music and just how wide-spanning and wide-reaching it is. And if that's what's coming down, you know, from, from newer metal and hard rock bands, personally, I'm all for it. I think it's kind of fresh, you know. Uh, we all grew up listening to new metal, whether we will admit it or not. You know, a guy like me went through a phase for years where I would not have admitted to liking or listening to any new metal at any point, you know, because we all know I came completely out of the womb with a copy of Rain and Blood in my hands, right? So, um, but, you know, we the reason I like Deathcore is because it kind of reminds me of Korn sometimes, like with the with the heavy dissonant guitar riffs and, um, you know, even, even like the rapping, you know, like you, you look at a band like Limp Bizkit where everybody, you know, collectively decided they hated Limp Bizkit for a, a very long time. Only to kind of go back and revisit it and be like, yeah, but these songs still slap. Like, they're still, like, very, very well-written songs. And I think now people are less concerned with how cool it is and are more concerned with, like, yeah, this was actually a really good genre of music that just got shit on forever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see new metal, new metal kind of making a comeback because it's a little bit more fresh than, you know, insert name of metalcore band here. Well, I think what's interesting to me is, you know, we're in this, you know, new cycle junket kind of of being overloaded with information about, you know, a lot of people talking to members of Korn, talking to Chino from Deftones and so forth. And, you know, everyone associated with that genre seemingly wants to distance themselves as far away from it as possible, constantly saying like, oh, you know, we never felt like we were a part of that, so on and so forth. You know, it's kind of been nice to see bands like From Ashes to New and, you know, even Hyro the Hero, even though he's kind of doing something a little different. You know, it's just nice to see some of these these younger up-and-coming artists basically running with it and not being afraid to kind of be lumped in with this thing when the first iteration of it, so many people seem to want to get as far away from it as possible. And, you 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I've never really understood that. I mean, the only thing I can kind of come up with that's sort of similar is like, I guess like the 80s hair metal scene and, and I guess to a degree, even the grunge scene, everybody like may not want to be labeled as something or a trend or a fad or whatever, but unfortunately you know like that's that's kind of what happens is like if there's a, a handful of bands like you don't see metallica or megadeth or slayer any of them going like yeah we weren't really a thrash band so i don't know why you know like i don't want to be a part of the big four of the thrash movement like that seems to be the only genre that people were associated with something and all of them are like yep we fucking were yeah they're like world thrash or thrash across america you know um yeah thrash did not get the um did not get the hate but it did kind of fade away in light of new metal so i think a lot of it's one of those things where like i i'm very critical of like deathcore now but like i don't, I don't even know how to, how to really phrase this but like guys that were really into thrash in the 80s were not happy when new metal took it over in the late 90s you know like they they were not happy that these kids were listening to this music and it was very get off my lawn you know so those thrash bands got to keep their credibility, and now what we're seeing is these new metal bands, bands like Limp Bizkit selling out, you know, festivals, and uh, bands like Corn playing, you know, some of their biggest shows, you know, now like we're we're kind of that generation. It's just that we didn't really like being crapped on by the older generation about thrash and some of that stuff. So I'd like to think that we're all a little bit like more accepting of not only new styles, but liking the fact that the stuff that we grew up with is, like, okay to listen to again. You know, kind of switching gears and kind of going to a more somber thing, as of when we're recording this, uh, man, the last, like, not even 24 hours has just been rough. Um, Kobe Bryant passed away, and I know, you know, we're a metal, rock, hardcore podcast, but uh, I don't think it's any secret that I'm pretty big into sports and basketball. is something I've, I've definitely been into for a very long time. Um, kind of sad, you know, I remember when, uh, I saw someone, the first post about it and I, first of all, the person I saw post about it said, RIP, uh, Kobe Bryan. And I was like, who the fuck is Kobe Bryan? And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't see anything on ESPN, which is usually like, you know, your first legit go-to news source. Um, and then, you know, obviously news broke that he, he, uh, you know, passed away in a helicopter crash. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, man, this just really sucks. You know, like, I don't know how this could get any worse. Like, obviously, it's really, you know, a shame that all these other people died, but we didn't know who it was. And then, like, an hour later, I, you know, scrolling through and it was, you know, announced that his uh, daughter was in that plane with him. And it's like, I remember sending her a screenshot. I was like, well, uh, remember how I said, I don't know how it could get any worse. Uh, well, here it is. Um, wow. So... Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, conflicting things, um, online. Most of it's all positive outpouring, uh, condolences and so forth. And, and I'm definitely in that camp. I have seen a handful of people basically saying, you know, oh, are we going to forget about his, uh, his rape case and all that kind of stuff from shit 17 years ago at this point. Um, yeah. you know, and things like that. And, you know, say what you want about that. I, I think the thing that's, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that's kind of a, a really shitty thing, and, and I think we've kind of been indoctrinated in this uh, lately with social media and so forth. You know, I saw, I woke up to a post this morning and someone's like, I wish people cared as much about when, you know, Trayvon Martin died and when all these other people who are basically the catalysts for the Black Lives Movement uh, thing to, to be spurned and moving forward and progressing and raising awareness to these uh, atrocities and stuff that are happening. 
And I just woke up and I was like kind of pissed. And you know, it's odd that like one of the first things I thought of when I woke up was actually Ice T on the uh, No Lives Matter song from uh, their last record. Uh, yeah. And he's like, you know, the thing that people aren't understanding is like it's not about other people like you know when i say black lives matter and you're like oh you know what about white lives or blue lives or whatever it's like no like you're diluting it and i kind of wanted to feel the same way it's like you know i'm not taking anything away from those people but like you know my first thing that i was thinking of is i was like you know sadly those are just names i don't have 20 some odd years of watching that person for you know three to four months every you know for every year for 20 years i don't have that familiarity with this those people they are that to me they are just random people where this this horrible thing happened to them kobe bryant's a little bit different i have kind of a a history with him and you know like you know i ended up making a post on my instagram basically stating like that dude even though as as at times in his career i fucking hated him it's almost like pro wrestling where you're like i fucking hate him because he's so good and he's a heel and i just hate him but then you know as you get older and you kind of respect what he's done and you know the being one of the four at the forefront of championing for the WNBA and, and helping that kind of become a thing and women's basketball as a whole and you know being coming straight out of high school and basically being kind of garbage like he was a good high schooler but like those first like two seasons when he i'm thinking of a, a game against uh, i believe it was utah jazz where he goes to put up like a fucking you know steph curry like uh three-pointer and just fucking airballed that bitch and you know the crowd's booing him and he you know it didn't look very good and then you know he just put in the work and that was the thing that you know always kind of inspired me about kobe is like that dude made shit look so easy but it's because you know he put in so much fucking work into everything and I don't know. I, I've always kind of, as I get older, kind of looked at him and just kind of realized like how important that is. Like, if you want something bad enough and it makes and you make it look so easy, what people aren't seeing is the countless hours you're putting into the thing to get better. And you know, you can apply that to this podcast. You can apply that to anything. And I know, like, you know, sometimes we, you know, fa- uh, not fantasize. You know, sometimes we <laughs> we, we embellish uh, the lives and the roles of, of athletes and so forth, but. Um, Kobe Bryant, as I've gotten older, you know, is definitely one of those people. I think that uh, if you are goal oriented, you can't help but to to be inspired by what he did, and sometimes just willed shit into existence. Um, so definitely a dude that I will I will greatly miss. As of when we're recording this, uh, Reed Mullen, drummer for Corrosion and Conformity, passed away. Um, I don't know what happened there. You know, it's still we're too- losing drummers left and right, man. Yeah, and that's the thing is we're losing so many drummers. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. It's uh, you know, tragedies never are to be expected for the most part. Um, I mean, at this point, I'm waiting for Ozzy to pat- die at any moment. I mean, if you saw him on the Grammys, metaphorically and literally, he was being held up by Sharon, which I think she's done almost his whole career. But that's a completely different story. But um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch the Grammys. I I just can't at this point. As as a guy that talks about music, it's just. Uh, I just would be too angry and ranty about it, and you know, it's the Grammys are not for me. Mm. I think meh. I posted something about the Grammys that uh, Metal Sucks posted. Vince over at uh, Metal Sucks posted this long uh, thing about it. Which go to our Facebook page, you'll see it. Um, I I don't know if people have read everything he's writing because all I said was I agree with everything he wrote, and I still think people are just going off of the headlines of Rock is dead. And if you saw the Grammys, then you would understand why, or something to that effect. Um, right. But it's, uh, I don't know, man. I uh, I think, you know, AJ and I kind of talked about that, you know, like where it's 
Rock's in an interesting place, and it's always kind of been underground, but I feel like, you know, I can't help but look at someone like Billie Eilish, who her brother obviously makes a lot of her, her music, and he's doing something different. Um, you know, you look at some of these other artists, you know, Tyler, the creator, just doing wild, weird shit. And, you know, you look at some of these shows that these these people are doing. I mean, look at Poppy. Poppy was not a metal rock whatever or even a real artist at, at you know at the beginning. Yeah, and you know now you look at what she's doing and it's really interesting. You look at someone like Ghostmane who by mainstream standards is still really underground, but I mean when you're selling out 8 900 you know 1000 1200 cap rooms pre-selling them out, I mean it kind of says something when some of these other bands can't even sell out a 400 cap room. Right. So I mean I don't know. I don't think Rock's dead. I just think maybe Rock, the Rock stars have kind of shifted and aren't in rock music anymore, but are taking influences of rock, of rock music, of hardcore, whatever, and applying it in a different way to these different things. I would have said probably 10 years ago, people probably wouldn't have listened to Billie Eilish because it wouldn't have been considered mainstream enough. It would have been too weird. Yeah. I mean, things change, man. Yeah, that's just that's just part of the deal, and I think a lot of the whole rock is dead stuff is just very get off my lawn. <laughs> it, it really is. Like people are just kind of used to the way things were when they were growing up and when they got passionate about music. But I don't think that making grand sweeping statements about rock being dead and stuff like it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really mean anything because obviously there's still like tons and tons of rock bands out there. Um, just because the mainstream doesn't like it doesn't mean you're not allowed to like it. I th- I think that's been kind of the biggest bitch for me is any subset of rock, rock, metal, whatever the fuck it is, just become too fucking elitist. You know who really doesn't give a fuck about music and just enjoys it for its pure sake of enjoyment? Joe. I mean, yes. <laughs> As I say, pe- <laughs> people who just listen to kind of, you know, pop radio. Top 40 radio people, top 40 people just like something because they hear it enough and they're like, eh, that's good. And I think like, I sometimes wish like I could be that passive in my, my listening to just be like, yeah, that's good. Can you tell me anything about it? Nope. Don't know nope. anything about it. I enjoy it. And I then, just know I like it. And then I'll, yeah. I'll probably hear it in 25 minutes and I'll enjoy it then until I, until I don't. Um, right. I'm looking at you, Lizzo. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's, uh, it's been interesting. Um, like theme theme of my life recently is just seemingly death. Um, you know, between putting my dog down, my grandmother, my wife's grandmother passing away, um, and then conveniently enough, when we go to New Orleans, we're going to go on a cemetery tour. So, um, you know, and then obviously the the deaths here in uh, rock and metal and, and in the sports world and so forth, and it's just uh, it's kind of hard not to kind of think about things and, and kind of think about a, a broader spectrum of, of what things mean and how we, we pull influences from a lot of things. Um, I'm definitely glad I got to see Corrosion of Conformity somewhat recently. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of people, I mean, that band's kind of hit a really big resurgence in the last, you know, three years or so since uh, Pepper came back. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just sad. It's sad to see some of these these bands, especially, you know, uh, I, and I'm real bad with names on some of these other people, but uh, the dude from, what was it, Death? Uh, yeah, Death, Cynic, yeah. And then the other dude, too, which I can't remember his name, um, you know, kind of already forgotten about, and it's, it's kind of sad. 
and to to some people you know to maybe a, a jeff or you know a buddy or something like that or even a Tumi or someone you know maybe some of these are some of your favorite drummers that you grew up you know worshiping when you were buying these cds or albums you know when they first were coming out and you know just to have someone kind of hey this person died oh that sucks and then like you know the next day no one cares right yeah it's sad oh shit how do we forget about neil pert another drummer yeah neil pert died and that's uh, a lot of people are taking i mean he's not gonna ever be forgotten about no he's an exception to the rule yeah yeah you think uh chris adler can get in there and, and bring back rush you want to start that no rumor? no <laughs> i'm not giving that i'm not giving that anything you heard no. you heard it here first chris adler uh, reforming rush is not happening. I can dream, so can shut I? up about it. I can dream. You could try, but no. Well, I think we've kind of blabbered and, and covered a lot of uh, various topics, so uh, to bring this old wooden shitty ship uh, into the docks, um, if you would like to keep up with Fire from the Gods, it's real simple. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Fire from the Gods. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with AJ on Instagram, you can find him at A-K-I-L-C-H-N-N-R. And if you want to keep up with Sonic Temple, well, you know what? You can go to SonicTemple.com. Keep up with everything going on over there. Get your general admission tickets. Get your weekend tickets. Get your VIP tickets. We have Metallica. We have so many fucking great bands. Slipknot on this. Um, look forward to Dan and I doing a complete breakdown of all three days, all the bands, the bands you need to know about that maybe you don't. Like Fire from the Gods. Um, so look for that. Like we said, this is basically just kickstarting our Sonic Temple preview coverage. So be on the lookout for that. Looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to going again this year. And uh, if you would like to keep up with uh, Metal Nexus, simple enough. MetalNexus.net. Facebook at Metal Nexus. Instagram at Metal.Nexus. And Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus. And Dan will tell you where he can be found. Well, I can be found on the internet at various internet spots. Uh, including Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan, Facebook under Daniel Terry, uh, Gmail at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. I've got another podcast called Discography Discussion that can be found at DiscussMetal.com. And um, you can always send me snail mail. No, you can't. I'm not giving my address. <laughs> what on earth? And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, it's simple enough. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bruce Speak Pod. Check us out on YouTube. We got some videos where they are. Uh, YouTube, some people prefer to listen to stuff that way. Uh, we are there as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of shit. Rate, review, subscribe. Same thing you hear on every other podcast. Uh, greatly appreciate it. goes a long way. Um, we'll start reading them when we get them uh, on the air kind of sweeten the deal for you so leave us a review we'll read it on here or i'll dan read it whatever it'll get read one way or another reading rainbow and if you would like to keep up with our show sponsors you can find them simple enough on point use our code bsp15 and let them know that we sent you get your hair and beard looking good and uh if you would like to keep up with the bean bastard you can find them at thebeanbastard.com facebook and instagram at the bean bastard let them know that we sent you get some delicious coffee Cool things are abound over there. Let them know that we sent you. I uh, always support those who are supporting us over here on this podcast. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time.